as photographers in these like high pressure situations, you know, at weddings or engagement shoots where you've got timelines or elopements and you kind of feel like you've got to chase the art. Welcome to Escaping the Ordinary Podcast. If you are ready to be the best version of yourself and level up your life, stay tuned as we interview special guests who will bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you and we are going to show you how with your host, Ryan T. So I want to welcome Aaron Shum, a great friend of mine, photographer, pretty much local, Sunshine Coast based, but works worldwide and interstate. Aaron's an absolute incredible powerhouse of a photographer, someone that, you know, resonated me with when I was starting my business of someone that seemed to have found his niche. And he's a great friend of mine. We've caught up numerous times, we've worked together and uh, just all incredible good guy you are, Aaron. And I know you're listening and you're probably blushing so welcome, mate. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on uh, your podcast. Mate, my pleasure. How's the day been for you, Aaron? Yeah, pretty full on. Two young kids. Yeah, today was the school kindy run in the morning and then managed to squeeze in a coffee and can't wait to have some avocado on toast after the podcast. And <laughs> is that your normal startup for the day? Yeah, it depends on, on what the day is. Some days... Yeah, real hands on deck. And then other days, yeah, I'd try and get some training in in the morning or head out, do a bit of rock climbing. Yeah, so it, it all, all really varies, really. So you're training for rock climbing or you're running or what are you doing? Yeah, basically just trying to take care of myself. I think it really came to a head with the whole COVID thing. And, you know, it was a good time just to reevaluate a few things and pretty much just want to really throw myself into you know, this sport that I love. And so it involves a bit of, yeah, a bit of everything, man. Strength training, running. Yeah. Just, just trying to build just a general, general fitness. So it's been pretty good. Beautiful, Aaron. So obviously we're, we're great mates now. Well, I consider we're great friends, but I don't know where you're coming from <laughs> on that end, but uh, to the listeners out there as, could you just give them an insight into who you are, what you do, where you're located, and then we'll go back from the beginnings and when you started your photography. Yeah, no, no worries, man. So pretty much, I'm based on the Sunshine Coast. Um, so I've been here for yeah, quite quite a few years now, and yeah, I base myself here. I don't really shoot too many local local weddings, and most of my couples and clients are all interstate. So that kind of keeps me pretty busy juggling uh, all that. Yeah, so just um, at the moment, just like really diving into film photography and yeah just trying to refine what I do so I've been um in photography now like in the actual like professional scene for a bit over 10 years but it's come from I guess like my passion for photography came from times when yeah I used to go like do lots of mountaineering and kind of real adventure-based stuff and I just fell in love with just taking a camera around and just documenting the things that I saw so that's kind of how I got into it and then like probably like most photographers you just kind of fall into the industry and then uh, from that point of view you just kind of follow your instincts I think and learn a lot of lessons along the way. <laughs> so you started around 10 years ago and was it landscape photography that you're interested in obviously being rock climbing and being outdoors was that the kind of first round that you started photographing? 
so I was photographing well well before then. Yeah, I think the first ooh, the first camera I owned was an old Kodak point and shoot. I can't remember what the actual thing was, what the actual model of the camera was, but uh, it was just like cheap and nasty. And that was like my camera I took and it just shot 35 mil film. And then everywhere I went, I was just like, you know, at least shooting a roll. Uh, and then I kind of looked into more the digital options from there, basically just wanting to really capture like the interesting landscapes um, around. So that was like kind of the base for it. Uh, and then getting into where I am today, like, so probably it was about 10 years ago, I, I shot my first wedding. Oh man, talk about like <laughs> blind leading the blind. Like it was like a, a referral. It was actually like a, an elopement at Malulabar Beach. And oh man, it was, it was so bad. Like I was shooting, I shot the wedding on a crop sensored camera with an 85 mil lens. So it was like, I can't remember what the equation is for there, but it was somewhere around 100 mil, <laughs> you know, and then had had an old, like, Canon 40D with a 50 mil lens on it. And, man, like, yeah, I was, like, in the moment and totally loving it. And then it wasn't until a bit probably, like, to my next wedding, I pretty much did the same mistake again, shooting with that. And, yeah, and that, I, just, I just learned heaps. Um, yeah, heaps from that. So <laughs> that's kind of where it started. And then I guess for me, like I really, um, I don't know, the transition to, to really wanting to do it. So at the time, you know, it's balancing another job. Yeah, and then started to get more and more opportunities just through, I guess, like referrals or other photographers I knew uh, in the business. And then, yeah, I started to take it a bit more seriously. And I don't know, I think it would have been so different if I started in today's climate with all the awesome information that we've got around and, you know, all the tools and, and all the things that are available in, in regards to learning. But yeah, at the time I was just, uh, it was just a lot of really wanting it out of a, out of a passion state to learn how to take portraits and how to, how to do it well. So it's heaps of like self-education for me, heaps of errors, heaps of uh, mistakes. But I think without those, I don't think I would have the style that I have today, definitely. And if we, um, Aaron, if we can jump into the style, I know it's fast forwarded a few years now, but from the outside in it to the listeners out there, you know, make sure you check out Aaron's work. So you've kind of got an idea of what I'm talking about if you're not familiar with it. But obviously you've honed in your style to create, you know, something dramatic, very moody, quite dark. When did this transition happen? Was this up front? Was this, did this take time? And when did you feel like the catalyst was to the style that we see today? Oh man, it's a really good question. I really feel like, you know, at the time going into it, I, I didn't really have the, the words for it or, you know, I couldn't really sum it up, you know, and it's really probably been in the last five years or so. I think I can confidently talk about it. And during that time, you know, I had lots of different kind of angles um, that I thought I had to go in. You know, for example, it was, you know, when I was uh, second shooting for some people, it was all about using direct flash midday on the beach, you know, and I was like, man, like that was kind of like a what I thought it had to be. So when I started getting away from that and learning the skills of using, using natural light, I found it was like a really natural progression um, into 
really wanting to, I guess like the, the crux of it is, I just wanted to photograph what I saw. So, and I wanted to do that with, I guess like, yeah, like in a really authentic uh, way. When it came to, you know, moving on over time, I was like, oh, I thought wedding photography had to be, like not that there's anything wrong with it, but I thought, oh, it's all going to be a particular look and vibe and bright and airy. And when I went down that avenue, I just found that I just wasn't really enjoying the work um, and it just didn't have any feeling to it. And I guess when I started realising that, I really started to feel that for me it was it's about wanting to, to work in that in a moment of feeling, like rather than it's going to be done a certain way or this way or, you know, we've got to stick to like timelines or things like that. It was just wanting to make sure that, that what I, every time I, I clicked the camera, particularly like in a portrait session or if I was in an engagement shoot or something like that, I wanted to make sure that each photo that I was going to deliver could have a feeling of, of a moment. And I think sometimes too, like a lot of people think my, my work's probably too dark or too moody or things like that. But I definitely strongly disagree because for that couple who look at that image, that was like a, a moment for them of feeling. It's not something where I've tried to curate like an image that portrays a certain way. A lot of the work I do uh, with my couples is, you know, there's a lot of lead up to each shoot and that basically sets up a good like platform for when we're photographing for, for them just to, to be in there, like, I guess like a natural state, if that makes sense. So if I can jump in, Aaron, something interesting then, you said that there's a lot of lead up prior to the shoot. So can you explain that? Yeah, definitely. I think this is kind of like a two, sorry if I forget your question, but I'm going to say something else and then we'll come back to that. <laughs> but what, what I was thinking too, it really comes down to like, for me, how I see it, it's, there's really like two kinds of, ways to go about photography there's and both right like there's the one side where where people would want to make it into like like a big business and it's all about like shooting to a particular client and that's fine I found when I tried that method for me it just didn't work actually started to kind of resent photography and I didn't like what it was becoming for me so the other side how I see it which I think there's other people out there who shoot I like these too. They, they shoot based on, you know, like kind of like that feeling of wanting to really extract something from from couples. So that was the avenue where I felt most comfortable to shoot. And going back to your question about the lead up and how you get you know couples to that point, a, a lot of it's just actually just being real. Like you've got great dialogue. You know, you're kind of pre-educating a little uh, about what's going to happen and about your style and things like that. I found that the more and more I shot how I wanted to shoot, people were kind of like, you know, couples that I had and have got coming up, they kind of know what they're getting into, you know, like they've seen enough of my work, they're fans of my work. So that's kind of made it, made it easier, but definitely it's just like simple things. Like when you get to a shoot, like allow some time just to hang out for a bit. It sounds like really simple, but the more and more you can kind of pull back on the barriers and, you know, if anyone's seen me in person, like I'm a pretty big dude, like, you know, tall and wide. <laughs> so I, I know I can come across a bit intimidating. So I think for me it's, you know, important to 
to show like that I am, you know, like a, a real person, I guess. And I've got feelings too. And, you know, I'm passionate about what I do and, and just have this like face to face and then, you know, kind of ease into it that way. So I find like, yeah, the more we can build comfortability, you know, in all of our communication, I think it makes makes a big difference to the end end product, definitely. Big time. So if we can jump in at all, so your style, Aaron, you're saying your style comes from a feeling. Do you feel like, yeah, you do have a darker and moodier style than a lot? And do you feel that really, I guess, represents you? Like, I, I find that a lot of the time, you know, when we listen to music, you know, if you're listening to heavy metal or punk or something, it, you know, that is the person's personality a lot of the time. Do you feel as though that's transferable to photography and the reason why you create darker moodier things when you're attracted to it and it's more representative of you? Yeah, it's a good way to sum it up, man. Um, you know, I can appreciate all photography and all art. It's all great. But I think, yeah, you're right. Like what resonates for me is, you know, there's a few things that have, I guess, gone on in life that shape you know, everyone. And it's about, I think, trying to do your best to basically, I don't know, like, how, how would you say it? It's like, you want to put your stamp on, on what you do. And, you know, for me, like, yeah, like, if it is a moody image, like, a lot of the moody images I take, I always try and take it at a, the images that I show, like, I, I want people to I don't know, like almost get something from that, even if they've never met that couple before. And yeah, they might be like, you know, not all smiley and happy, but sometimes I think like the way that a couple naturally will hold themselves and then have the light shining on themselves, that can be so powerful. Like that could be a happy moment for them because it's an embrace. But how I'm documenting and recording it is is basically wanting to like, try and get more of a focus on what the couple are, you know, are, are doing. And sometimes I think by kind of pulling back like a lot of, you know, highlights and, and shooting in, in kind of that direct uh, light is getting that work. But yeah, I think definitely like for me, yeah, I think uh, each artist has that internally, you know, you want to shoot to what you feel and, and you know, what you see. And I think too, like, you know, that's kind of like something that I've really, really seen like I think in the photography game now there's you know people who are pursuing it based on you know, on the art form uh, and then there's people who are pursuing it as a business and yeah I, I really feel that particularly you know with what's gone on the last few months there's you're going to see I think hopefully a lot more people pushing that element of really wanting to get something out of their work rather than just taking photos. I think uh, you said so many key things there so if I just want to stop you guys Make sure if you're listening to this, we need to record the time at 26 minutes into this podcast. And the reason being is because, Aaron, you said so many key things. So make sure you write down your notes if you're listening. But I want to jump into a couple of things. You said you take your time with your couples. And I want to jump in as well and just quickly talk about the importance of this to the listeners out there. I mean, myself and you, Aaron, we spoke about this many times before. And it's like, if I can reiterate this and if you can add to this as well, Aaron, I think there's such a benefit and I just can't see any disadvantage of if you have an hour for your portraits at a wedding, right? And it's all going crazy. You don't need that whole hour if you have the confidence in how to use light correctly. Sometimes it's better to sit down for 40 minutes or allow 
couples to just be with everyone, enjoy the food and drink rather than being like, we have to go and do this. This is how I take it anyway, Aaron. I just, I say to couples, you're scheduling time together. You're not scheduling time for photos. I'll grab you when we need to do photos because I know when the light is and I'm aware of my surroundings, but forget about doing an hour or two hour photo shoot. That is not my vibe. I don't honestly, to be honest, I don't have everything in the tank to last an hour. Like, I'm absolutely gone, you know, by 30 minutes, big time. And I find it so interesting that you said another key point then, Aaron, as well, allowing couples to just, you don't have to smile and you don't have to put your foreheads together. And sometimes that's not the couple. And I, I always just picture myself in the groom shoes. And if I got a photograph back or a whole series of my portraits and it's like, I'm dipping and I'm doing this and I'm twirling and I'm jumping and I'm doing this pose. And it's like, I honestly don't care how great the photo would look. I would not like the photo. And for me, I always say to couples, the photo is not made for Instagram, Facebook, website. It's made for you. You need to look at that photo and go, wow, that is my wife. Look, that is exactly her. You know, she's not high energy, low energy. She's this. But it just goes back, hey, Aaron, to taking time, one, to listen Two, to let people enjoy their wedding day and forget the obligation of doing photographs. Do you feel like it comes back to that confidence of a lot of photographers don't learn light, right? Like I think when I started, it was learn the cameras, learn the business, learn the finances, learn the marketing, learn the SEO. Like, you know, the one thing that you can't photograph without is light. Yeah, exactly. I wish someone slapped me in the face and just said, like put everything down for a second and actually dig into the painters or, or whatever way you want to yeah. learn light. You don't have to follow it on. So can you like elaborate on any of that or have I just bombarded it? So it was so funny. Like when you're like, Oh, you know, it was all about SEO and this and that. It's like, man, I knew none of that shit. Like I just knew I wanted to take photos. <laughs> and I think like, you know, if someone was to say, hey, give me great business advice, I'd be like, oh, you, you're kind of talking to the wrong person yeah. here. Like, you know, I'm not grounded in that. And I think what's been a good testament to a longevity in the industry is just spending time to understand light. Like, it's, it's 100% correct. I think, you know, it's always so important. Like, you know, we all hear lots of people say, take a camera here, do this, do that. But I think sometimes, like, actually going out with a bit of an intent to photograph, you know, like test yourself in different light scenarios, trying to understand, you know, what it's like to shoot in the morning, midday and in the evening. And it just reminds me too, like some of the coolest images I've ever taken have been like pretty much on dark, you know, and it's just like using just like this really, really soft, you know, light and complexion of, of the couple but yeah right you, you kind of got me thinking like when you're talking about just that I think too like the more you can understand your couple you know in particularly like I find some of the most amazing images uh, when you know I do have probably a lot more portrait time than most photographers but for me like I want to make sure that everyone I photograph like a couple knows how to hold themselves like they know how they like to cuddle each other. They, they know their affection limit. And I think trying to push people outside of that or get them to do something that's awkward, I think that's where you can lose like a lot of the connection 
you know, like if you're trying to get people to do things that they don't feel comfortable with. And there's so many times, you know, like a bride who is so, you know, like wants like all the cool arty images and the partner's not quite there. So you've got to kind of like be constantly working on a, on a compromise. And I think when um, you can identify their connection level, you know, like their intimacy level and working to that, I think, you know, you'll get some really good photos. And when I think more and more about it, sometimes like as photographers in these like high pressure situations, you know, at weddings or engagement shoots where you've got timelines or elopements and you kind of feel like you've got to chase the art. You feel like you've got to, got to create this to shoot in a certain way or something epic for the album or their wall or something like that. And I think I fell into that trap and this is something that even took further away from, from the passion of, of what I was doing is what I came to realise is that you're going to do your best stuff when you, with your camera when you're just present, you know, like the power of just being in the now and being aware of what's around, you're going to get stuff that you just would totally miss if you're just trying to get like an image that's going to go viral or something that's going to look spectacular printed on a wall. I think for a couple, you know, it's not really about that for them. So I think there needs sometimes for me, I, you know, like there was that point where I was like kind of checking my ego and really questioning what I was doing in, you know, in that moment. And, you know, I just found like for, you know, like talking about the cycles that you go through and then just becoming self-aware for me, it was, you know, I just realized I was in love with documenting feelings, you know, documenting connection and, you know, to do that well and the photographers that do it well, I really don't think that they've got much ego behind what they're doing. I just think that they're there in the moment and, purely focused on how that couple is connecting. So I think, you know, each shooter go into, that's, that's what I want to do. I mean, let's be real about it. We've, we've all come to shoots where it just goes pear-shaped because timelines don't happen or they're, they're more worried about family photos. And, you know, that's fine. You can't have a win at every, every you know, event you go to. Um, but it's just being, like, ready and aware for when those opportunities come up that you just, you're there for it you know like you're you're so engaged in that moment big time guys if you're listening i want you to note down so pause this podcast right now 35 minutes in that was killer content then aaron that was incredible man like there's so much golden nuggets coming out of that about how to photograph correctly about how to lean into you to create images and like you said so many key things so guys 35 minutes into that make sure you go back and listen to that but i'm with you the whole way on all of this i always say aaron that you can outsource seo you can outsource social media you can outsource all of that but you can't outsource yourself photographing a wedding so when you're sitting behind a computer editing for four weeks or 10 hours a day, you're getting great at editing and that's what you're getting great at. And you're going backwards in your skill and photography, which is all about light and, and creating atmosphere or even, you know, well, I mean, Aaron, light and communication. I mean, fuck, like if, if you're good at those two things, yeah, I'm so passionate about like focusing on the thing, you know, the product, right? Like photography, a wedding, you can't redo the photos. So it's like, if you're amazing, yeah, at SEO and you're great and you're smashing the business side of things, but you're giving people mundane work, like just average shit, 
Like in the end of the day, that's a client paying for the, they want the best. And I always think it's a boutique service, you know, like someone's coming to you for Aaron style, but if Aaron's dropped the ball because he spends 40 hours a week doing SEO and not actually leaning into his creative artistic approach, well, they're going to be pretty pissed off. Yeah. Sorry to reiterate that. I'm just like, I'm literally hyped on all that right now. So good. Aaron, I want to talk about film photography. I mean, you've been in the realm for a while. I know you do it sometimes at weddings. So if you can give the listeners a insight into your style when you got into film photography and what you're doing now with it. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Ryan, do you mind if I quickly hijack this podcast for one second? Take I'm just it. Gonna go back, back, and then we'll come back to the film. You got me thinking again. And I don't know, like, I hope if there's a few people out there, that this will resonate with. But yeah, like I, I went through this thing, right? So where I was like, okay, I'm traveling everywhere. Things are pretty good as far as like the whole destination scene and interstate travel. It's not all it's hopped up to be. <laughs> That's exhausting. <laughs> but fun. It's a privilege. Like it's a definite privilege. And I'm thankful for it. We have slept underneath chairs at airports together. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we have in Malaysia, you and I. Jesus, let's never do that again. We need to do a behind-the-scenes video of what a destination photographer oh, and videographer yeah. look like yeah. because uh, that trip was wild. It was rough, and uh, it was Never funny. Again. Again. <laughs> yeah, like it was some really funny moments, but oh, the fatigue at the end of that. But I guess in saying that, like, like I see it as a privilege to, to to be doing that, and very lucky. But what I just wanted to kind of resonate is like this kind of like real two streams I'm seeing in photography in particularly in this, this game at the moment, you know, you've got the stream of like, oh, I'm going to shoot and get as many weddings as I can. I tried tried to do that. I tried to bring it back to more a local base and I had to change my style and look and things. And that was probably the worst business decision I've made because I got away from, from who I wanted and, and what I wanted to be. And if I was like, I think too, like understanding you know, and being honest about what you want from this business and what you want every time you pick up a camera, I think is good and, and spending the time to to do that. And, you know, I just found for me, you know, Ryan, like saying like, I'm definitely, you know, I outsource as much SEO word stuff as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, my Instagram game is atrocious. Sometimes I just want to put up photos with like no hashtags, but you know, like, <laughs> For me, like those things, they're struggles. That's, that's where I need the help. But I guess feeling like you've got to be like a, a certain way and you've got to feel you've got to shoot 60 weddings a year, 50 weddings a year. Like if that's what you want to do, you, you definitely have got to throw yourself into the, the business side. That was like a total killer for me, you know, in creative thinking and what I wanted to do on each each shoot. So for me, it was like having to kind of, not get caught up in the rat race of it all in the trajectory that, that the industry was going, but to, you know, spend some time to really work out, you know, what I wanted. And I think when you start doing that, you know, we all hear about the word like ideal client, but when you're actively pursuing, you know, the style that, that you want, you know, you're going to find that you just get naturally those people coming to you, if that makes sense. But yeah. So anyway, sorry about that slight tangent there no that's great (laughs) i got across what i was trying to say no it brings it back home for sure (laughs) but um 
let's jump yeah, into this sure. film photography because it's something we're both passionate about. So yeah, if you can give the listeners an insight into Aaron and his film photography. Yeah, for sure. Well, so film for me started, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was when I was 13 or 14, as I was saying at the start of the podcast, I bought that film camera. Mm-hmm. Actually, sorry, I tell a lie. I didn't buy it. I just took it from <laughs> cupboard um, and just went, you know. And I, I can't even remember the, the first roll of film that was in there. It was obviously would have been Kodak. It was so easily available. Yeah, and I just used to like, it was like point and shoot with flash and that, that's just where it started. And then I just kind of fell in love with the whole process of you didn't know what was on that roll. You didn't know if you got the shot or not, but then it was like, I, oh, you know, dropped off at the one hour Kodak Express shop. And then, you know, you'd pick it up with your negatives and your prints. And it was, you know, really cool experience for me to, to be able to remember back to that adventure or that particular time. So that's kind of where it all started. Obviously with the film thing, like, yeah, I let it go for, you know, quite a few years and then probably in the last five, six years picked it up again. And yeah, just like, I don't know, man, it's just, it's a process that I think can be really rewarding, but also at the same time, super frustrating and expensive. And I think like that's, yeah, I have a real, I wouldn't say love, hate, it's more love than hate, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I, you know, get excited about. So, you know, currently, oh man, like Rollerflex would be my camera of choice. Um, six by six format. It's great. It's definitely was something that was really fun to purchase and to shoot on. And basically I, th- I think for me, why I fell in love with that camera so much is that all the other formats I'd ever shot were not a square. <laughs> so when, when I started shooting with a, a six by six, it really challenged me with how I do composition. What am I including in the frame? And it was this whole other like world of trying to perfect and, you know, still trying to perfect it now. And I think like there's so many parts of that that are really cool. One of my other favorite cameras I'm really loving and I'm actually going to go shoot it this afternoon, uh, is a Mamiya RB67. That thing is a boat anchor. It weighs, like, (laughs) a phenomenal amount, hey? Like, anything slower than, like, 120th of a second, you have to put on a shutter. Uh, Sorry, on a tripod. It's just too heavy. That's, you know, still a waist-level setup, you know, in shooting that. So I think the film for me, who sums it up really well is, like, uh, Simon, you know, and when he was talking about just being a north, you know, like it, it's something to ground yourself back to. And I think shooting so much film really helps with toning with my black and white digital and also colours. The unfortunate thing about film is it captures blue, and I hate blue. I think it's just there's something wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of my work, I kind of pull a lot of that blue out and I never want film to be like digital and I don't want digital to be like film. So to me, they're, they're two different things. Um, but what I found though is that in film, I find it like, it is pretty forgiving. Like I think a lot of people feel it's like quite a scary you know, thing, but it can really handle being overexposed. And, you know, there's a lot of detail that, that's still in, in a negative. But with like 
I don't think for me, like the, the challenge with, with film was, was trying to shoot, you know, and push myself to shoot in the more moody, natural style that I like, but still kind of have feeling to it, uh, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So do you photograph with film at weddings? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I'd love to do like all weddings on film. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's great. It's fun and it's, you know, definitely like has a big interest point for, for a lot of, lot of couples. But at a wedding, so I'll probably use like if I was to, yeah, like pack for a wedding today in the camera bag, there would be a Canon uh, 1V with like 35 or 50 mil lens on it. And then also pack, yeah, it'd either be a toss-up between a Hasselblad or the Rollerflex for sure. Yeah, and then pretty much if I, you know, if I can shoot, you know, a roll, two rolls, I'd be pretty happy uh, with that. I find like at the moment I'm really gravitating towards black and white. I just think that there's so many awesome black and white films out there that have got this like really cool like tonal range and how they uh, hold light. I think is like super fun um, and you know it's not really like something that I feel I can get out of a digital image so a lot of my black and whites are shot on film and then I put them into Lightroom and you know I might tweak some stuff or if there's something annoying in the background I'll I'll uh, get rid of it but <laughs> yeah so I kind of like do play a bit around with my film but as far as like keeping it as authentic as, as the film is meant to be I, I try I went through this like big stage of pushing every single roll of film I shot and I don't know why I did that but it was fun I guess at the time but at the moment I'm just all about shooting at box speed, you know, letting that film just do its thing and also too like having a good dialogue with the film lab that you use I think, you know, will give you the result you want at the time of, you know, developing and scanning and stuff. So that's kind of the long answer to I do shoot film at weddings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, that's that's amazing. And also to the listeners out there, Aaron, could you just quickly elaborate before I switch things up a bit? What is pushing film? Oh, uh, yeah. So pushing film is basically you shoot it like a stop, a bar, two stops, three stops. Depends how crazy you want to go. But basically if the film is 400 speed, you know, you'd push it to 800. So it's like one stop. It does change the film dramatically in terms of like green. You know, some films take on a really green tinge, some black and whites just get really contrasty, like really, really dark blacks and like extreme highlights. So yeah, so it's basically what what pushing film is. Beautiful. I want to switch it up a little bit, Aaron. And I know you you run in a uh, workshop uh, with another guest that was interviewed on Escaping the Ordinary podcast. Joel Elston yeah. exposed workshops and I was uh, lucky enough to be a guest speaker this year, which didn't happen due to COVID. So I did great. They said I was like a ghost. Yeah. Well, well spoken. And we also have a pop-up workshop together that was actually supposed to be in Tasmania this year, which is still on a pending date. Obviously guys, if you're listening and you're interested, I'll link to both these workshops that Aaron holds and our pop-up workshop, which is in Tasmania, which is a very limited number of people attending. It's, yeah. yeah, it's very personal, but if you could just explain about your your workshop with Joel. Yeah, so Exposed, um, 
it's intense. It's an adventure, right? Yeah. All right. So my like my happy place, man. If I could photograph people in the snow, you know, uncomfortable climates with awesome like rock features, top of mountains, that kind of environment, man. That's like I love that, right? And I feel like that's when I'm most switched on when it's like you know, like all the elements are kicked in and sensors are like, wow. So exposed, right, is something where the idea of basically wanting to give people an opportunity to just come and, one, hang out on a mountain, meet some other creative people, but also, too, like experience what it's like to photograph in these, you know, elements. And I think, too, like, you know, we have to thank Instagram for a lot of this kind of exposure to shooting in locations like this and so yeah expose was something where the passion for that came from wanting to give people the opportunity to to experience that to get some really great content for their uh, portfolio but more importantly have a space that's just intense learning so you know with a lot of the workshops that you know i checked out it was you know a lot of theory in classroom kind of thing you know and then you'd have like a a little lunch break and then you're back into it and they're fine. There's nothing wrong, wrong with that. But I found like for me, like sitting in a classroom, like environment is just, you know, like I just switch off. I, I find myself yawning. So that was like something I, I, we wanted to create a workshop that was one, had a really great, I guess, learning environment. Then it was backed into, you know, Hey, you've learned this, let's go shoot. You know? So there's like so many live shoots and it's just, it's just kind of like that culture that's been, you know, being involved. And obviously with, you know, COVID, the goodness of COVID this year, it, it's brought some challenges to that. So, uh, yeah, we're, you know, obviously we've just rescheduled too. And so, Aaron, just jumping in on this workshop that you hold with Joel, you have guest speakers, right? Yeah, definitely. So we're so lucky that we've got so many amazing speakers that, that want to be a part of it. You know, we're really proud of the workshop and the environment that's created there. So, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, next year we're going to try and hold two workshops. So it, it's just, yeah, we're bringing the guest speakers in. Yeah, and it's just, it's just really cool, like, to have an environment and, and a time where you can get people that we all look up to and admire their work come and just, like, share some just amazing information in a totally honest and open platform where questions can be asked and then to actually go and see that person photograph and help you in, you know, in the small groups is, is unreal. Yeah. I think um, obviously I've been an attendee and upcoming speaker at your workshop. I'm a massive advocate for self-development. Like each day, my goal is to grow and learn, but I just think workshops are, you know, as photographers, as you know, Aaron, we just, a lot of us, you know, sit in our office and we work and we photograph and we come back and we work and we photograph and it's very solitude time. Yeah. And to get out and to experience a network and talk to others about problems, like so, so many photographers message me and ask me about workshops. And I say the biggest thing is implementation. Like go down there with a notepad full. I remember I attended a, a, one of my first workshops about five years ago in Byron Bay and I felt like I was the only one with a notepad and it was ready with questions. I was a little bit hesitant to ask, but I thought, you know what? Like, this is my chance 
to, you know, speak to this person that I'm really interested in. I'll never probably have the chance to meet this person again because we live on other sides of the world or something like that. And it's like, if this person can fill these answers out that I'm really struggling with, like, I don't know how valuable that is. And you take one thing away from it. And that's, I guess, why we also started our uh, workshop, Hey Aaron. So to give people that one-on-one time that a lot of workshops don't get, where, you know, you love Aaron's work, you love my work, and it's time to just sit down for an hour or two hours with one person with a coffee and just dive. And those questions like, man, whether it is SEO or it's light or it's hands-on approach, like they are so valuable. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think, you know, at the core of it for me is, I, I don't know, like I really like to help where I can and, and just, I don't know, there's something about just, giving back and it's, it's not even I've had some wild and amazing opportunities in in the photography game but yeah I think like you know not just photography related but for me it's like it's awesome to, to be able to give back and create like environments for you know other photographers no matter how long they've been in the industry to come together to learn and then that's you know for me that's that's why I like doing workshops it's not necessarily about me at all but it's just like hey i'm an open book so let's here's your chance let's, let's talk that's why you know i like them and particularly the one that we're gonna well it is still gonna happen in in tassie but um that one was like you know hey let's do something that's like really intimate and go to some cool spots to shoot but just make it you know a few intense days of, of just learning and growth but yeah it's good yeah, that's so, so valuable. Guys, once COVID has slowed down, I know things are opening back up. We're still waiting on putting a date together. Obviously, we'll link out to this to all the listeners out there. But like I said, our pop-up workshop is a pop-up workshop. It is going to be super, super limited. I'm not trying to sell it, but I'm just letting you guys know. I mean, it's all already almost booked out from our, you know, our initial start of that. But now there's a few more entries open and stuff like that. So I'll link. Also, Aaron, at the end of each episode, mate, I ask you to share three implementable things photographers can do, or not even just photographers, people can do to up their business, their lifestyle. If it is photography, what are your three main takeaways and tips you can share? First of all, give yourself time. You know, actually allow yourself some time to think about what you want if you out of photography, what you want out of your photography business. Um, I think that's something that is so important because there's a lot of noise out there and you ought to make sure that you're going to that right right place. I think as well, like another another tip is like try and find a way to, to push yourself in different light environments, you know, so get a friend or, I don't know, go for a street walk and, and take some photos in, in the middle of the day push yourself in that regards because I think like if you can make awkward light situations work for you it's going to really work in your photography third tip would be educate I reckon just yeah spend some time to to understand theory you know if you're into books read some books on photography or or self-development I think and if I could just add a fourth one in Ryan uh, (laughs) right I would say just um Try and take some, you know, time when you're shooting to, to be in the moment and focus on on what's in front of you rather than, you know, a timeline or you're trying to get a particular image. Yeah, just to spend that time to 
focus in on on something, I think. So if we recap on the three plus one tips, <laughs> it's give yourself time, push yourself in different light environments, educate yourself and focus on what's in front of you, not the run sheet. Yeah, power of now, man. Power of now, for sure. Incredible, Aaron. Hey, mate, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy. I'm so, so appreciative of our friendship and that we got to connect. I think it's probably going on four years now and you're just an inspiration, mate. Honestly, I know your backstory and how you started. Yeah, I'm just super grateful that you've taken this out, guys. I know you're going to get so much out of this. This episode is definitely, I think, practical to sit down with a notepad and pen and take take down what Aaron's you know explained here and take it and run with it. And Aaron's definitely... I'm sure you're more than willing for people to DM you on Insta and stuff like that. I know you said yeah. you're not very good at it, so they may wait six months for a reply. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'll get, I'll get back to people. It's just like, I don't know, me and Instagram, love-hate relationship. I know the feeling, mate. I know the feeling, but I just want to let you know, Aaron, mate, I'm super grateful for your friendship, everything you're doing, yeah, thanks, man. helping out, and definitely everything you've given to all the listeners. So thank you so much, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me in our virtual high fives, hey? You. (laughs) Awesome, man. Have a good one. See you, bud. We're so glad you have taken the time to tune in. If you found this episode useful, why not share it with a friend and be the light someone may need? Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This would mean so much to us. Ryan would love to connect with you beyond this episode. The links to everything and anything that was spoken about are in the show notes at www.escapingtheordinarypodcast.com. Talk to you next week.